my box doesn't shouldn't be your box. That's the other yeah. thing. We always want to impose our boxes on other people. I mean, some more than others. <laughs> okay. Derek, Derek almost lost his beer on that one. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogenholder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today in our third chair, we welcome Derek Weston. <laughs> That's the fake crowd noise. I did, not, I did not warm up for that one. Ooh, when and cold. It's only at 30%. Derek is the director of programs and volunteers at Hope Springs, a faith-based nonprofit that works with those living um, with HIV and AIDS. Derek is also a writer whose, um, well, older work, not so much recent anymore, was featured on the Our Bible app, um, and is an avid hater of winter, which is from the spring that we're we're bringing back around. Oh, it's right around the corner. It's still, so it's still true. The hate is still there. Uh, you can show your love for Pup Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get some access to extended interviews with guests before after the show banter. Uh, visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. As always, a big thank you for our current patrons. Uh, we had some fly discussion a little bit in the free show today, so that's always fun. You know, flies are big. Uh, if you would like a Pub Theology tumbler, this fantastic pint glass with the Pub Theology logo, we still got a bunch um, that we can send to you. All you need to do is make a $25 or more donation to No Kid Hungry. Go to nokidhungry.org and make a donation to help feed all those people around the country who are really having a hard time due to the COVID that will not end. Um, and send us proof of your donation. DM us some sort of receipt or something. And we will send you one of these. That's all you got to do. Um, and you can always join the conversation Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube Use the hashtag PTLive And we have brought the live back in Puppyology Live We are live streaming our recording of the episodes You really get to see some of the Alpha Chain busts You get to see the faces, the facial expressions which is like, You know, we're a little like, early today I have to sure. go to meetings yeah. so Usually Tuesdays, 5-ish is when five-ish. we record five ish but today today we're we're going a bit further but um yeah so hopefully one day you'll watch us and respond in lifetime real time whatever yeah please respond we'll look at it Sometimes. in a couple days <laughs> look no i'm gonna be checking i'm, I'm gonna be checking right. my phone every few minutes see if anybody on it. Fun. i got it i got it i got, got this it. so you know it's gonna go great <laughs> it's gonna go great <laughs> Today we discuss cider and pumpkins and open versus closed mind. Is that about the cider and pumpkins or just in general? Um, Ten Commandments and originalism. Hmm. So 
Derek, you are our guest. What are you drinking? Yeah, so for those of you who uh, can see, I'm drinking... Can see. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're starting to show, huh? Okay, cool. Uh, so this is one of the Black is Beautiful Porters. Um, a lot of uh, breweries around the country were part of this campaign after the uh, George Floyd uh, incident and all the stuff that was going on this summer. Um, so this one is uh, Union Brewing. Um, actually, it's a it's a it's not a porter. It's a Black IPA. Um, so this is our local brewery's version of the Black is Beautiful, and the Black is Beautiful Tumblr goes along with it. So nice. Um, that's what I'm drinking. Fancy drinking today. Yeah, I'm being, the other side's nice too. No, it's like they did. Hard to see. There's a you couple of different been. companies that did glassware for it, and it's it's all beautiful, and um, all of the proceeds go to like community-based organizations. Um, so, right on. Awesome. I'm I'm all for beer and the intersection of beer and good causes. <laughs> nice. I want to live at that intersection. Mm. I think you are. I think you're there. <laughs> You've landed. You've taken up residency. Okay, what are you drinking today? Um, from the Woods Brewing Company in Colorado, Walk-In in Wonder, a straight-up dry-hopped saison. Straight with, up. Straight up. Brewed with... It's not on the rocks. <laughs> a word I can't pronounce. Hallertal Blanc. I don't know what that means. I'm going to have to look that up. I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> too low, too close, too close. There you go. Yeah. It's Quentin. Haller, Hallertal. Nope, no, okay. Hellertol Blanc, Woodsburn Company. All right, so it's a dry hopped saison. There you go. Give it a try. I have two meetings after this, which is why we're a little early today. And so I went to happy hour at Sonic and got myself a grape slush. Mm. There you go. So that is what I'm drinking, which, you know, actually leads me to our first question. Because the first question is, do you prefer your apple cider warm or cold? And what pairs best with it? And my answer is, I do prefer my apple cider warm with bourbon or rum. Or a couple of years ago, Derek and I found an apple pie moonshine. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That was so good. So good and in so apple cider. Strong. And so strong. <laughs> so apple, apples flavored of any sort moonshine in your apple cider is the best we had that right before we took the kids trick-or-treating that was oh my the god best we were, time yes I, that was the best time i've ever had trick-or-treating we did um we had i don't know what the kids did we had coffee mugs <laughs> full of it um but what but i grew up where i grew up there was an orchard nearby um called jackson's orchard in outside of bowling green kentucky and like they made these and I, I, other orchards have them but they made these um apple cider slushes so like, I don't like apple cider necessarily cold. Like I do, like I like it warmed in a mug, but like apple cider slushes are, are so good. <laughs> They're super, super good. Although I've never tried it with alcohol because, you know. Were you, were you growing up there before or after the infamous Bowling Green massacre? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I left long before the massacre. Yes. I never, forget. Never, forget. never forget. Never forget. Never forget. Never forget. There you go. So, um, cold. Um, so hot or room temperature mm. like the idea of cold apple cider kind of disgusts me 
Um, but hot or room temperature apple cider is is okay. I do like for Halloween. Usually, yeah. we I make a pot of it with the mulling spices and the you know whatever oranges and apples, and it's delicious. But like cold cold apple cider. Cold I don't think I've ever had cold apple it's, cider. Who does that? So doing, I don't I don't have a frame of reference. I mean, we've had. Uh, you know, we've had it on the fridge and and warm right. it up during winter. Right, so it stays, so right. it doesn't turn into so that it doesn't turn into apple cider apple vinegar. Cider vinegar. <laughs> yeah, never, never had well, it cold. I don't think. Sorry, but maybe I have. I don't. Re I don't remember. I don't remember anything much these days, so I don't know. So, what do you pair it with? Do you drink it with liquor in it? Do you? What do you like in it? Um. Yes. If I'm going to do apple cider, uh, um, I put rum because rum's my, yeah. rum's my. Oh, you know what? Brandy's really good in it too. Um, any of the like. Any of the dark. The dark, dark rum. The dark brown, liquor. Yeah. Sweet. Any any brown liquor will work. Yeah, but seriously, you guys, go out and find that find that moonshine. It was delicious. Moonshine. That bottle, like that, it was in a mason jar. Of course, it was. Yeah. Um, lasted us a while. I mean, it was strong. It was, it was strong. <laughs> So do you come up with your own pumpkin carving designs or do you search for ideas online and do you eat the pumpkin seeds? Um, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and no. You don't eat pumpkin seeds? No. Really? I do, I do not. I seem to remember one year, Joy roasting them or something. Mm -hmm. And I tried yeah, and we was like, I was like, mm, I'm not that excited. Um, <laughs> But generally, no, no, no. It's just a nice snack. You roast them. You you salt. You salt them. Oh, you, you salt them. the hell out of them. Like you can't just... It's like sunflower seeds. Why yeah. don't you Why don't you just eat a t tablespoon of salt? It feels like the seeds are just a carrier mechanism. Because it's crunchy. It's crunchy okay. salt, like pretzels. Most of the things I eat are carrier mechanisms for something else. Right. Like there you go. Which is why I had a. I had a. It's there to transport ranch dressing. <laughs> I had to stop buying Kerrygold Irish butter because usually it was like, you know, bread was the excuse to eat butter. When I, when I started buying Kerrygold Irish butter, I just used to go shave off that butter straight out of the fridge and eat it. It was so good. <laughs> okay. Like, I have never had, I have never had such good taste in butter. I had to stop buying it for that reason. Butter. Seriously. You know what? I had this conversation with the kids. Like a couple weeks ago, for real. About eating butter? Yes, straight butter. Huh. Yeah, we straight had a whole butter, conversation man. about it. So, you know. Wow. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. So, carving. Have you never had Kerrygold Irish butter? You got, no. next time you go shopping, get the Kerrygold Irish butter. That stuff. Yeah. It'll change, it'll change you your bread, life. I'll get the butter to go with it. What, what makes it Irish butter? I have no it's idea. I mean, I was going to say, what makes whiskey Irish whiskey is made in Ireland? I don't know. Don't ask these questions. No, I actually don't know, but my, I'm going to take a guess. My guess is it has something to do with the pro, like the way it's processed, or it has something to do with where the like, like with whiskey or alcohol, like where the milk comes from. Is it aged in potatoes? Yes, honey. It's aged inside mm -hmm. potatoes. And then when you bake them in the oven, it's already like oh, so butter. Already there. Already there. So do you, so Ogan, do you carve pumpkins or did you? I did. I did. Um, of course, when Joy was little, um, yeah. that was a, that was a thing we did. And um, we did a series, we, we did both, you know, I'd draw a design or sometimes you'd find one off the internet. Um, yeah. But again, coming from Barbados, like, you know, pumpkin carving was not a thing. Uh, that's a, uh, and if I didn't have a kid here, 
uh, I probably would have never gotten into it. And last couple of years that she lived at home, you know, that uh, 16 through 18, she'd be like, yeah, let's go get a pumpkin and carve it. I'm like, okay. And then it never happened. And yeah. there, were, there, were, there were no regrets from either of us. Yeah. You know, we'd be like opening Christmas presents and we're like, did we ever carve that pumpkin? No, we I, didn't no, 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 it's still outside. Yeah. No, yeah, we, we still carve. Last year like, we painted. Yeah, our kids are like peak. Yeah. Pumpkin carving age. Well, right? and they're getting into they're getting into looking their own designs up. Um, mm. but I yeah, especially when they were little and I was like helping them, like I would totally look up designs. I did one year for Maggie, I did this pumpkin that was like Cinderella's carriage, you know, and we had this wow. like, tiny little Cinderella doll and it had two little pumpkin wheels and it was super cute and like that was an internet thing and was the we attempt to do Captain America shield on a pumpkin? We did try to do a Captain America shield. I feel like that didn't work. No, because we forgot to like the star like had to hang down and we just cut yeah, it off. We didn't do that. And then we tried to like re-put it on with toothpick. Anyway, it was a whole That sounds like way too hard. I yeah. never I <laughs> never worked that hard. It was a whole thing. Because we a, were like, oh you just draw two lines and then you cut out a star and you're like, wait, how's it gonna like yeah. hold together? Yeah. And, now, are you still, or do you guys um, still have friends slash family members who are like super uber religious and are like, you know, this is the devil's holiday and can't carve a pumpkin and all that sort of stuff? Um, or, or vice versa, do you have super uber religious friends, family who, you know, the rest are, are okay out. with it? Well, are yeah. oh, right. Go all out with the devil's holiday, uh, you know, and there's this weird disconnect <laughs> <laughs> no no i definitely i definitely still have the i still have the family members who are uh uh it's really just your parents it's, though, most, right? it's most of my parents who are you know wondering what happened to my soul because you know <laughs> uh i i have let my not only have i carved pumpkins i've let my children carve pumpkins yeah there so you go. I, I think that is going to be a topic of some prayer uh in the next couple of weeks um, but on the other end of like the super all out, I don't know that I know any super all out folks. On Halloween? Yeah. My sister. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> she's got a late October birthday and she like, she's also a school teacher of an in elementary school. Like she dresses up as a wit. I mean, she's not, okay. Like <laughs> there are worse, there are worse all out people, but like mm -hmm. she's full in on Halloween. Like it's her favorite holiday, hands down, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, she, she does, she loves it, but you know, it's fun and that's whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. We, I, you know, we had this, I think it was last year's conversation with Eli where like we were kind of talking about the whole, like, it's so disassociated nowadays culturally from the religious mm -hmm. aspect that you only talk about it with the far right devil's holiday people yeah right everyone else it's a cultural holiday right like it's not a, it's not an act of religious anything yeah so for me it's completely disassociated from anything religious i mean i worship satan the rest of the year i don't have to take a special <laughs> <laughs> awesome i remember one year in barbados like there was like some sort of like wiccan cruise ship uh the wiccans were the wiccans the wiccans sorry, sorry, bad. sorry that like actually took me a minute to like the, process those words together. I mean, let me rephrase that the wiccans the wiccans were having a 
conference on a cruise ship. And, <laughs> it, and it was going to dock in Barbados and all the church people in Barbados came out to protest because we didn't want witches in Barbados, like real witches, actual witches. Uh, actual Actual, actual witches. Actual witches. So, like, so yeah, that was a that was a big thing. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. Just somehow those have, like words together. I have was like, all like someone needs to get on starting Wiccan cruise lines. Yeah. <laughs> like, cruise lines. Oh God. Okay. So speaking of um, <laughs> uh, of a closed mind of the people, like, here's I made it. I made the connection. I totally. There you go. Beautiful seamless um, people in Barbados having a closed mind against witches. Um, <laughs> there you go. Sorry to all of our listeners. Actually, they also have a closed mind against LGBTQ equality as well. I mean, <laughs> and the last and just last night, says all was, the Wiccans came. There you go. <laughs> like, someone was to your point, Derek, about praying for my soul. Um, because I, every once in a while, I'll get on Facebook and some some people who I used to go to church with that will say things yeah. anti-LGBTQ. I just love to troll them, you know. So I I was doing that uh, last night or night before, and they were yeah they were praying for my soul and wondering how I got yeah. got as far as I did. And I tried to point out the fact because you know everybody loves to quote scripture when it comes to anti-LGBTQ and how Jesus would never stand for this. And I pointed out a few choice examples of how Jesus actively didn't uh, went against scripture. The whole point of his ministry was like, yes, follow scripture, but when human life and safety is, uh, and compassion is, is takes precedent over that. Um, but I didn't get any replies to that. I just got, we praying for your soul, <laughs> but, you know, closed minds. Closed minds. So okay, quote, a closed mind is a great disadvantage for those who aspire to follow any spiritual path, but an open mind, which questions and doesn't accept things simply because they are said is no problem at all. I'm going to mess up this name, Jetsuma um, Tenzin Palm, Palmo from Necessary Doubt. Discuss. If you have settled on certain belief and are without a doubt, sure, it is true. Are you now closed-minded about it? If so, is that okay? So a closed mind is a great disadvantage to those who aspire to follow any spiritual path, but an open mind which questions and doesn't accept things simply because they are said is no problem at all. So it's, it's a weird paradox because you need an open mind in order to to lay hold of new teachings and move forward on the path and then but then when you when you find beliefs that you you know connect with and you hold on to those then does your mind become closed and do you move further and if you're moving along the path taking on new beliefs does that mean that the old ones don't count anymore so so i think i think is a is sort of for me a little bit of the both and um, and you and and I subscribe to the idea of layering. So it's like you know you get you find out some new stuff, you resonate with it. Yeah, I believe this, and then you keep your mind open. You learn some new things that may negate what you learned before, but you can also um, bring with you what still serves and right. and and layer on top and and build and expand and kind of grow that way. Um, but yeah, you gotta keep that mind open. 
Was that a fly? Was that another fly? It's, yeah. Is the, did the fly come up from DC to visit? To it visit wasn't RBG. It didn't land on me, so I feel okay. like I'm probably oh, no. you're good. Yeah. I'm sure that somewhere in this room, the kids left some food somewhere. Um, yeah. So, so here's the really simplistic way to put this, right? If it, if you stop having any doubt about it whatsoever, and there's certainty of it, it's no longer belief. It's no longer faith. It's certainty. Right? right. So there's something to a belief or even a faith that requires doubt. Yes. Requires, if you want to use open mind language, but that requires you question or continue, yes, continue to remain open to a new possibility because that is belief, that is faith. Now, can we? within our faith hold on to some certainties i believe that we can and still have faith so we can hold on so the way that i've kind of reconciled this is like and and we've had this discussion multiple times right that if i say god is love that is who god is to me that is a for me that is not a that is not a belief that is a guarantee of who i believe god is right or who i who i understand god to be Right. How that manifests in the world is the faith. That's the belief. Like what love looks like, how love is shown, what the process of love is, how you read love in scripture, how I read, how we respond. Like those are the beliefs and the faiths that go around that, that goes around that, that, that anchor of that one thing that is certain and true for me. So given that, given that description, where does doubt fit into that equation there? Or does it? So doubt is in my way of how God shows love may not be the right way or may not be the only way, mm. right? So doubt doesn't necessarily fit in with the definition god is love so, so doubt is what opens you to going um I, I i want to be open to learn in more ways rather than just being absolute in what i believe is the right, right way so the example you just gave of gotcha. people quoting scripture and saying jesus would never stand for this right right that's a that's a certainty that that is not a fundamental like God is this, right? So doubt is a necessary certainty for your faith. Yeah, like, cause you can't have faith without it. They are, they are twin sisters, right? They like, they go hand in hand. Does this- Which one's, which one's, which one's the pretty twin? <laughs> if they're twins, they're both the pretty one. Right. They're really? So I mean, they <laughs> You don't always know which one is which. Exactly. <laughs> also, what does it have to be? What does it matter who's the pretty one? <laughs> All right. So can I can I say like I, I want to make a point and I want to illustrate my point by doing something very geeky. So if 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 I may be allowed. Proceed. Um, so there is a there, <laughs> like you needed permission. <laughs> so right before Obi-Wan and Anakin duel in Star Wars episode three. Obi-Wan says the line, only a Sith deals in absolutes. Mm. I love that line, right? Because it's both a condemnation of Anakin and of himself because he's making an absolute statement. 
that is in itself an absolute statement. And I think that's the, that is the, the difference between our ideals and our actuality, our real, like we, uh, my ideal is that I am, is to be an open-minded person, but I have some things on which I do not flex. I do not bend, I do not move. And like, while I'm always trying to interrogate those things, there are, there are, there are absolutes and that I am just not willing to be moved on. Um, and like the, the, the category of those things has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller over time. Like that, that list of absolutes has gotten smaller and smaller over time. But the fact of the matter is the very human part of myself has some things on which I just, I just won't flex. I just won't move. Um, and I, and I really, I mean, I, I really have two, which has gotten me in trouble with both liberal Christians and conservative Christians, right? Because my two are like, God is the definition of love, right? God is the foundation and the essence and all of it, right? Mm -hmm. All the politic language you can't figure out, like that's what, you know, God is love. And, and we are beloved. Every single one of us are beloved. And those really like my, like those absolutes have gotten so small, like those are really it. And I, and I do, I base those off of the greatest commandment moment, you know, um, love God and love your neighbor. Like that's the, that's faith can't be like boiled down to that. It's complex and whatever, but you know, it really comes for me, everything comes down to those two things. So but I don't think that having the absolutes, which I consider to be like, we need a foundation, right? We need a start. Yeah, 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 start somewhere. We got to start somewhere and we need a solid ground to which we stand. And then the question though, for me is like, is this being defined where the open-minded versus a closed mind thing is when I start to decide like, who God loves or who God doesn't love, right? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't, that's not my, found, that doesn't begin on my foundation. So I've got to open that up. Um, I've got to remain open to what, what those things look like. What, what does it mean for Donald Trump to be a beloved child of God? Like, what does that mean? And how do I remain open to that question even if I can't answer it? Or even if I can't feel it? Or even, right? Like, so those are the kind of like that's open-minded faith living that that is hard it's a much harder faith and i think that's why it's the less common faith because uh, you know where you have when you are able to draw hard lines of god does love this person god doesn't love this person god allows this behavior god doesn't allow this behavior it's much easier to adhere to that kind of faith when you are are opening yourself to the possibilities of what love can look like, when you open yourself up to the possibilities of everyone's equality, everyone's dignity, everyone's worth, those are much harder principles to live with because because they don't they don't allow for certainty. They don't they don't draw those hard boundaries. And and it and it forces you to do things that you might not be comfortable with, like 
praying for Donald Trump when he gets sick. Right. Which we discussed last <laughs> I know. <laughs> I edit the show. I know. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll move to the next question because you actually mentioned like having a set of rules, right? And like, we often say that, like if, if things were just clear and we had a set of rules and like we got lots of rules in scripture. I mean, like, let's not pretend that things are unclear about what we should or shouldn't do, but <coughs> like, let's also not pretend that somehow rules made things a lot easier and not a lot harder. Um, all right, so when we read the ancient commands that were encoded in scripture, such as the Ten Commandments, do you think we should take what they mean at face value and apply them to today? Should we grapple with their original context and when and how they might apply today? In other words, does context matter for understanding teachings that were handed down thousands of years ago? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, okay, but let's but let's like take that for a minute, right? Like, so I'm gonna change the question because I I'm sorry, Brian, it wasn't a great one. But like <laughs> I think Where is your faith in Brian? <laughs> I have a lot of faith in Brian, and I have a lot of faith that Brian is very busy and campaigning very hard and just can't imagine he has a lot of energy right now. Um, but here's here's what I was thinking of when you said that, like, right? Like, so I was thinking of Abraham going to, um, you know, is it, I'm going to get my Old Testament stories all mixed up, but like, all good. you know, God saying, I'm going to, I'm going to destroy these cities. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I thought, but I was like, Suddenly, I started having that moment of like, oh God. Well, God did say he, that God, there were a lot of cities that God said he was going to. Right, right, right. God was in yeah. the smiting business. God had a list. But this is the bargaining. The God, bargaining. Had a, God had a blacklist. He's, he's going. Right. And it seems like the, it seems like the work of the prophets was to talk him back. Talk him back. Yeah. So Abraham goes and says, no, 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 no. There are a hundred good people in this place, right? And God goes, fine, go find me a hundred people and I won't do it. And, and like, what I love about the story is like, so Abraham can't find a hundred people. So he's like 50 people, 10 people, five people, one person. He got a little ahead of himself. <laughs> he did. What I love is like, he went to try to find a hundred. He couldn't find even one. Why would he keep going back trying to like, but whatever. But he kept like bargaining with God with this and like, didn't win you know, God destroyed the cities, whatever. Like we go then to Jonah, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm going to destroy the city unless they, you know, like now I'm not just going to destroy it. And, and unless I find a good person, I'm going to give them the opportunity to repent. And like when they did, right, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Jonah got yeah. all pissy mm -hmm. because like he was all ready for the show. Exactly. You know? He's like, I still smell like whale guts. Why, exactly. <laughs> Why is this not happening? Where's the show, God? I wanted to see everybody die. Here for some smiting. You know, so like there's really even, even now I'm a, I'm a progressive theologian. So like, I, like, I believe God changes throughout scripture and even today, but even just reading those, there's no hard and fast rules. Right. 
So the, the rule there would be that if there's a city with no good people in it, it's going to be destroyed. But even God breaks the rule. And so how can we not like follow God's example in this of understanding, hey, this is a different time. This is a different place. You know, Nineveh doesn't get destroyed. These are different people. Like, is that not true for all of scripture and even as we read scripture today? Well, and I think we have to, and like, even if it, <clears throat> we have to understand, um, we have to understand like the Ten Commandments as an example, we have to understand them contextually. Um, because the whole idea of the first couple is the idea, like you're talking about polytheism, you're talking about people who are building idols. I'm like, that's not stuff that happens a whole lot now. And, and but like the whole... Yes, it is. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Have you heard of capitalism? Okay, but we're not explicitly saying those things are our gods. We just act like it. Um, but like even 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 the idea of like honoring father and mother, I think, has a very contextual flavor to it that I think we miss out on. Well, that's how, that's how you know a 20-something-year-old didn't write the commandments. Right. <laughs> like, well, you, know, you know there were some 80-year-old people who were like, eh, let's put this one in. Well, they're all, okay, first off, like, you know, they're coming out of the desert, and and this is the first rule of a new, a new way of life, right? Yeah. And so the first four are, like, I'm God and respect my place and my role here. Um, but the rest of them really are very justice oriented. Sure. Right? Don't forget one another. Don't turn your backs on one another. Don't leave each other behind. Don't destroy each other by seeking power. And, you know, um, I mean, they, yeah. It, and even, so even that people say, well, it's very clear what it says. Yeah, but like, that's not what he's yeah. Like, and, and I think there's a there's a there's a spirit <laughs> of these laws that is more important than the letter of these laws. Yes, which I, which was Jesus's whole ministry. <laughs> whole point. And I think I think that's that's the that's the point where like even you know when we talk about people who talk about the Constitution, like you know, and there's there's people who are strict you know originalist Constitution people. And like, okay, I think there was, even for that, I think there was a spirit to which those things were written because they didn't write in 1776 for the context of 2020. No, like, they, they, they couldn't have imagined a world with the internet. They couldn't have imagined a world with automatic rifles. They well, couldn't have been, well, I was going to say they couldn't imagine Donald Trump, but they probably could have. Oh, yeah. Also, oh, I actually think that one they could, could have seen coming. They also couldn't imagine a world where women could vote and Black people weren't property. That's true, too. So, like... Well, maybe they imagined the Black people would be in property, but we're like, mm, and, yeah, we're not ready for that yet. And the laws so it didn't happen. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like... they imagined it and said, that can't happen here. Yeah. So, I, I, think, I think for for any kind of law you have to think about the spirit of the law and not the letter of the law and yes that is in fact the core of jesus well the, so you're inside right. brian's head today oh that's a scary uh -oh. 
I want out. Wait, so 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 the one the one thing I also want to add is so so where where I get upset is the hypocrisy of those who will will throw verses at you about you know their cause of the day right sure. so so like i mentioned earlier you know many people are up in arms in my home country barbados because um we just decided uh, the government said yeah we'll we'll recognize civil unions yeah. right so of course now the wrath of the dark one is going to come down on the island because sure. we are embracing the this... show up really yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're embracing this horrible sin that's gonna you know so people are throwing out all kinds of bible verses and they're quoting the sodom and gomorrah story and all that sort of stuff so so my response to them is always this if you're gonna quote the Bible, if you're going to use the Bible as justification for your stance, then you got to adhere to all of what the Bible says. Don't cherry pick, right? You're either all in or you're all out. But if you're somewhere in the middle, it's called hypocrisy, right? So which of you who are, who are screaming the Bible says, homosexuality is a sin and God don't like this, which of you are going to tell every single woman that is a pastor in Barbados that she shouldn't be there because Paul was very clear about the role of women in churches, right? Which are you going to, which are you going to do that? I don't ever, but, but here's the fun part. When I have raised this issue with some of them, you know what they actually say to me? Well, that's just contextual to the time of how Paul fell about women. So I'm like, well, okay, well, well, if that's contextual to the time, why aren't the verses about homosexuality contextual to the time as well? This is this is the issue I have. And as for that whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing that you all keep, the issue was never about homosexuality because we, we conveniently forget or don't know about this verse in Ezekiel. I'm going to quote some Bible now. Ezekiel 16, 49. This was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. Right. It was all about a social yeah. justice issue. You were yeah. ignoring those who were hurting. Had nothing to do with homosexuality. But, right. you know, this is this is what no, happened. But, but it is about the outcast and the stranger and the yeah. one who is and and the one who is on the fringe. Guess, guess what? It's about love. <laughs> right. Exactly. Thank you. But but why, you know, whereas the other way to frame this is like Jonah has made the statement Nineveh is turning and God is saving this place. You know, mm. and that's that's what's happening in Barbados versus, you know, because if you can ride them down the Sodom and Gomorrah line and say, so you're saying there's not one good person on this island? Seriously. Because that includes you versus like God has been working on this place to expand your vision of love. And yeah. that is what happened in Nineveh. And that is when the people turned. And then, you know, so you're Jonah under the tree right now, getting all mad because it's not giving you enough shade. Well, you know what? Like, that's your problem. And you know what God said to Jonah? Like, get over it. Seriously. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's the process. So the law is so interesting to me, the way people use it. Um, and the way, the, I don't, I don't know. 
here's my here's my favorite obscure uh, passage in the law. Because uh, I because when I was when I was writing I was writing a rebuttal for the local paper to print they never did can't imagine why, um, <laughs> but but here's my one of my favorite obscure law just for the men ready for this Leviticus nineteen twenty seven you shall not round off the hair on your temples nor mar the edges of your beard. Right. Do you understand how many bad haircuts would result <laughs> if all the black men on Barbados followed this law? Barbershops would close down. No it would edges. not look pretty at all, right? Well, so that's the, no that's lines, what, no edges. That's what Orthodox. Yeah. That's why the. Oh, no, I under I understand not, that, and not, I'm not against. Hear, hear me, hear what I'm saying. I'm not <laughs> against it at all. But I'm saying. What's that, what's that commercial? There's a commercial now where like the like, um, he's doing a a high top. Have you seen this? And like he, the barber's like, and it's something about like, do you, are you like great at your job or whatever? And like he's like looking at every angle like getting like the high top. I've not seen this one. That is going out the window next time. I've not seen this one, but it's my, the point I'm trying to make is we can find all sorts of laws and commandments in the Bible to support our point. But I'm like, if you're going to be throwing, uh, you know, homosexuality is a sin because the Bible says so, then you should not be looking as clean cut as you are because here's what the Bible says, right? So why aren't you following that? You know, so so it's, it's and I realize I'm like arguing to a lost cause here in, in a yeah, sense. Yeah, no, no, no. Be, I, but I because, because folks will, this is the thing, folks will always, and, and there, there are times I might've been guilty of it too, will always find the verses that support our cause, ignore the ones that, that don't, and I feel mean, we are righteous and justified. I, I was going to say like that, I, I don't have a problem with that, per se, that the fact that we have scriptures we lift up and yeah. that those scriptures, you know, point to, so, um, oh, I forgot her name. She's a, she's a preaching professor at, um, Columbia Seminary. Um, Anna, two last names, one starts with a C, Anna Carter something. Anyway, she was giving this lecture once that was great. And she said, you know, we talk about the God box all the time, right? Like, don't mm. put God in a box. Don't put God in a box. She said, there's nothing wrong with a box. She says, there's nothing wrong with having parameters to your faith, right? Right. And saying this fits in, this doesn't fit in. She said, the thing is, just don't put a lid on it. Mm, I like that. Right. And that's the open mind versus a closed mind conversation. Like and also my box, my box, my box, there you go. My box doesn't, shouldn't be your box. That's the other yeah. thing. We always want to impose our boxes on other people. I mean, some more than others. <laughs> okay. Derek, Derek almost lost his beer on that one. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, this, this, I've always, I've, find that metaphor helpful when I'm in an argument, right? With yeah. people where I'm going, this, the, you're, I'm not changing your mind. And I say to them, you know, there's nothing, we all have parameters around our, our, our beliefs and our faith that we ask those questions, right? We ask those questions like, does this speak to a God of love? Does this speak to a beloved child of God does, you know, all of those questions that we ask, but being, being able to, um, 
what if I'm wrong, right? Like, and and on Derek's parents will never see this, but like, I don't want to throw them under the bus on this, but to be able to stop and say, wait a second, all of my kids and all of my grandchildren participate in Halloween in one form or the other. Do I really believe they're all going to hell? Like, do I really believe, like to just, I'm not saying that that's working on them or whatever, but like, does we have to, at some point, we just witness and put this out into the world and try to have these conversations. And, and, and I want to take it in, you know, kind of a, a different direction, but it's also important to recognize that like, we can have really hard and fast lines about someone, about, about an issue. Yeah. And, but then when it becomes an individual, a person that we know, all of a sudden those lines get destroyed. All of a sudden, I, I like I know a lot of people. There are and like there are a lot of folks in black churches who are against homosexuality, who are looking the other way about their music ministers. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that's happening in a lot of churches right now. <laughs> because it's different when an issue becomes a person. Oh, yeah, that's, no. that's that's the thing for all of these laws, you know. And, and when we, you know, I, I think we have to be really, really thoughtful about the fact that, like, when we make broad, sweeping announcements about people, about issues, about things, there's always going to be that individual in our life who challenges that. Right. And 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 for like that's the thing for me that has always forced my views to become more open-minded, more progressive, more liberal, is that person I've met who challenged the thing that I thought before. But see, but you gotta be open-minded for that in the first place, because the opposite is also true. There are people who have ended friendships, who have right. discarded family, who have done all these things because okay. they refuse to shift any of their belief at all. It, it goes both ways. Yeah, no, that's true. That's which is which is which is really which is really sad. You, you know, I remember I remember when uh, Joy was was an infant, a toddler, and my mother at the time was very concerned about her you know catching the gay the gay gene the gay virus from all these <laughs> unity people we hang out with and her soul burning in hell and how could i expose her to that and all that sort of thing it was a, it was a whole thing right <laughs> and i said to my mother well your choice is clear if you want to see your grandchild like you got to just like tone that down right like, <laughs> yeah that, i mean there's 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 that's what it's coming down also to. why are you sexualizing your tiny baby like, why are we sexualizing oh these babies? Does not yet have a sexual. <laughs> like, and even if they did, they're five. <laughs> like, yeah. exactly the, the sex. <laughs> like, so, but again, this is this is again about context and education. I'm like, right. it doesn't work that way. You know, it's not contagious. It's not a cold. One doesn't catch gay. That's not exactly. how it works. They don't catch the gay. Like, you know, I mean, some people do, and good for them. But. <laughs> I feel like I've been exposed to it a lot that I thought about it. I mean, I do really like the gay agenda. Like, it's, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to the agenda. It's a, it's a fluidity. It's a spectrum. They're all on there somewhere. Sometimes catch a gay and like that happens. You know, there's that. There, um, there's, there's that. <laughs> this is such an offensive episode. I love it. We're, gonna, we're in so much trouble for this. 
Oh my god! Actually, Sunday was National Coming Out Day, right? Yes, it, yes, my, it was. And um, I actually had a friend that came out on National Coming Out Day publicly, and like, good for them, you know. Uh, it's obviously hard. It's obviously complicated, but like, yeah. good for them. And and you know, this is where. So you know, on one hand, the relationship. Like, oh, if you just come in contact and you'll learn they're lovable and all will be okay. Like, no, you got to do yeah, the hard yeah. work. Right? Like, that's, that's, that's real. That's and real. there's, you know, I actually, so this is, I got a text from someone who, um, who is still struggling. She is a older minister. Well, I mean, she's not older, like eighties, you know, but she's, she's uh, maybe 15, 20 years older than we are close to retirement age. And she's like, listen, I, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm there. I'm all for it. I'm, but she's like, it's still a struggle for me because it's just, it was never talked about growing up. It was never implied, you know, my nephew wants to be a they like they, and, you know, change their um, gender identity. And, and I'm just struggling with it. And I said, listen, this is, that's fine. Like this yeah. is an area where you fake it till you make it, right? And right. you default to like, what's the most loving thing? Cause I do love my nephew. What's the most loving thing I can do? But do the struggle. But do the struggle, exactly. Yeah. So the most loving thing I can do is mess up sometimes and then correct myself yeah. and, and continue to do the work to change he to they, you know? Yeah. And to continue to do that. And I said, you're doing it. You're doing it. Do the work. And the good part is, is that, you know, years ago when my kid's aunt became an uncle, they went, oh, okay, mom, that's fine. Like, yeah, it's a very generational thing as well. It's, it, and it is. And it's a very like, and, and I said, like, I don't, I, I'm not calling your generation bad. Like there's, no. like what you're doing isn't bad. What I'm saying is, this problem is actually going to go away. Like and, over time. And part of the generational thing isn't that this didn't exist. It's about the previous generations didn't talk about it. They just didn't talk about it. And that even going back to biblical, well, Jesus never mentioned directly, right? Oh, Jesus never I, directly. That, it's not that, like it wasn't there. Unless, like, that drives me crazy. Jesus never mentioned game. Jesus never mentioned abortion. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Like there's so much, I mean, not, and that's just like, Jesus also never mentioned, we have to, you know, kneel when we walk into the pew or cross ourselves or like the yeah. number of things Jesus, Jesus didn't Jesus mention. Didn't talk about a whole bunch like, of things. Jesus actually never said, you have to recite the Lord's prayer every single Sunday or you're going to hell. He said, pray like He this. said, pray something a little like this. Yeah. Yeah. That was a total, that was a total like, on the fly, I did not prepare. And right, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, so when you're praying, uh, uh, say something. Yeah. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, who doesn't read that passage and go, that dude, that dude just pulled that out of his ass wow. right there and then. And we, and we codified it as something <laughs> sacred. And listen, I, and, and here's the thing that I just said, I don't have a problem with any of those things, right? right. I don't have a problem with genuflecting. I don't have a problem with saying the Lord's Prayer. I don't have a problem with any of that. But we, because I appreciate ritual. Yeah. But I also appreciate the fact that Jesus said, do this. 
you know what Jesus said, do this on love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. You know, Jesus said, do these things and remember me. Okay. Right. Jesus said to serve one another and to love one another. Visiting those in prison. Like those are the things he said. Those are the things he explicitly (laughs) said, Hey, go do those things. And you know what? I don't see a lot of these people going and doing a lot of those things. Well, you know what I say when it comes to rituals, sacred cows make the best hamburgers. Yes, that is said. (laughs) That is, that is is said. That is said. And I've ground the show to a halt. (laughs) (laughs) Ground the show to a halt. See what I did there? See what I did there? (laughs) You really filleted that one. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, so, oh god i love you guys <laughs> a big thank you to our special guest oh <laughs> do you not want to be he's having a sorry wait, having wait, a wait, good wait. time do you have any final thoughts no no I'm, no I'm, i skipped over final thoughts by all means don't don't skip thoughts. over final thoughts i shared i shared sacred cows and things and things <laughs> ground to a halt so if you have a redeeming final thought more than enough for the audience to chew on well you did switch beers i saw what you did there chew on there nice and what did you you made fun of me for one of those you can the can comment you made fun of me for that i'm kind of buzzed now okay well okay our final word would be Derek has another beer i did switch beers oh that's what it is you want to get into that second beer i did switch to the mad Oktoberfest, another local the claw brewing company uh we have a lot of good breweries in Baltimore. I love this can. This and is the best can. Mad Bishop. Oh, nice. <laughs> and it's pretty tasty. Um, so, like, we've we've had a lot of good. We've had a good, lot of good autumnal beers this year. Yeah, I could not say that word last I week. I, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, I know this word. Here all the time. You know, autumnal. You and you're like, I totally know that word, but you just like, there's a disconnect. All right, I'm sorry. We can end the show now. Okay. Well, now a big thank you to our guest, Derek Clifton. We'd like to thank your creator of Pub Theology who came up with our questions, Brian Burkhoff, and our producer, Derek Weston. Connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Watch us live on Facebook Tuesdays at 5-ish. And um, sign up at patreon.com slash Live for even more content. Find and create a pub theology in your town. You can find that information at pubtheology.com slash directory. We are still very much encouraging you to meet virtually. Until next time, friends, which I will be away for three weeks. So until a month from oh, now, I'm in, wait, March. that means I'm in, I'm in charge? Oh. You're in charge. Yeah. Oh, in oh. charge. So you may want to skip Ooh. a few weeks. No, oh. <laughs> so until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Thank you.